Those other podcasts try to sell you items you definitely do not need. And that's why you need to try Blue Chew Gum, because if you're not stiff, you're not living the life. We're only here to provide you with the best in podcasting entertainment. I'm already stiff from the chairs we sit in here at TMB Studios. Hey, can we get a new chair? No! TMB Studios. It's what you want. TMB Studios, you are now locked on to the Snowball Wrestling Network. Now, here is the host, the one, the only, Caleb Snowball. What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Snowball, back once again with a brand new episode of the SWN with the Snowball Wrestling Network. It's been a few weeks, I know, we've had some schedules. Uh, obligations and stuff like that and uh, yeah just been very busy so haven't been able to record one but we are back and uh, well I am back at least uh, Dickie is uh, not going to be with us or Chris Dickens I should say but I do have a very special guest with me uh, this evening I have James Caleb Kitchens James what's going on my man the biggest upgrade in podcast history. I'm re- replacing Chris Dickens tonight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's basically what just happened. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm really glad to be here. You know, um, it, it has been a, a very interesting week, and I'm sure we'll get into all that as the night goes on. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, big things going on in the pro in the pro wrestling world. So you know what? Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about some pro. And so the biggest one that we're going to start off with was the biggest announcement possible. 20 years after the very first, or after the uh, final Nitro, the final Nitro on TNT wrestling was canceled forever on the TNT network, except this past week, it was announced that AEW has a TV show coming to the TNT, the Turner Network. What a time to be alive. Yeah, I mean, this is huge, you know, as somebody who you know, grew up watching, you know, WCW, Nitro, and Thunder, and uh, Worldwide on Saturday mornings. I mean, th- this is this is the biggest announcement since, you know, WWE bought WCW. I mean, I think this is the biggest announcement in the wrestling world since. Yeah, I, it's huge. And, you know, y- you look at what all AEW is, is, is putting together here. Um, you know, I, I guess right off the bat, we'll just ask the, you know, the, the most obvious question. Do you think that they can be successful? I, I mean, there, there's a couple of different things that they have to do. Number one, you know, they have to tell compelling stories, which is something that WWE is not doing anymore. You know, no. when you turn when you turn on Monday Night Raw, it's literally a, a three hour infomercial where you're just hammered over the head, you know, constantly get the WWE network, watch this, check out this reality show that we made, watch Mick Foley hang out with his daughter all day. Uh, look at what, uh, Miz and his wife are doing at their house with their baby. Um, Hey, look yeah. over here. If I, you know, all our announcers are drinking Mountain Dew, drink some Mountain Dew, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> I, 
I didn't come here for that. I came here to be told an inter- interesting story and to watch uh, some professional wrestling in the process. Right. And if they do that, if they basically do what the good indie companies are doing today, just on a larger scale with a larger budget, if they yeah. can bring in that feel from the Monday Night Wars, yeah, I think they can be successful. They definitely are going to have to ad- adopt the WWE Network um, model because people aren't going to pay $60 for a pay-per-view event for six, 12 times a year. Right. Th- those right. days are over. And who knows if they're really going to do like the monthly pay-per-view, like, like they might do it like ring of honor does theirs. Like ring of honor doesn't do monthly pay-per-view. They do about like three, maybe four major pay-per-views uh, a year. Which, in my opinion, is is better, especially in now, like nowadays. Like to me, when you have like when you have less pay per view, like I guess less big pay per views like that, it makes the event feel more special. Right, and I agree, um, and I hope that they do maybe stick to a four a year format, maybe maybe six, you know, later on, uh, right. have like some special <laughs> events in there, but. I mean, you're still looking at 50 or $60, and I think today people who are used to paying their $10 a month are going to have some serious sticker shock. So they're going to have to come up with something kind of like Reign of Honor has where you can have a, like a membership and pay in these small chunks and, and yeah. get access to all their content. So. Yeah, I am uh, – I'm an Honor Club uh, member, and um, they do – like they they film all of their – live events like they never do an event and they don't film it and uh like i know that they've been doing like with the war of the worlds tour thing that they just got done doing recently um those weren't necessarily pay-per-views those were strictly for like honor club members and stuff like that and you've got the fight tv app as well and and, you know these guys already produce a lot of content right um right so, you know, they've, they've got being the elite. They've got road to double or nothing. They, yes. you know, they, they have all in. I mean, so it's not like they don't have, the, you know, any content at all in there. I don't know if their TV deal is like what WWE has where, you know, they can't put their weekly television programming up for a certain number of days. Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that they built some things into that contract that will allow them to do a network. Right. Because a lot of people are dropping cable, man. I haven't had cable in seven or eight years. Yeah, same here. I don't have cable myself currently. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if TNT has any kind of online offering that you can buy into. Um, so uh, they, I mean, they they put like a lot of their shows like up on Hulu and and stuff like that. So AEW will more than likely be on Hulu eventually uh, if they you know decide to put them. Uh, on that, I'm not exactly sure how the TV deal is going to work, but but you know, you said if as, as long as they tell intricate storylines and or interesting storylines as 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 well, you know, Tony Khan, the owner of this, has said that he doesn't want you know an entertainment product. He wants more of the sports base, like he wants the old school, you know, mixed with new school. How do you think that's going to translate on like a, a weekly television show? Well, it, it it's like I said earlier. If you you have to tell stories, so you right. can't you absolutely can't have this be 
your standard indie show just with a nice production budget. So you can't go out there and just have matches and nothing else. You have to tell a somewhat compelling story. And and wrestling storylines are not complex things. No, <laughs> they're, no. They're not. You it doesn't take a lot. You have to know exactly what, you know, you you have to find that sweet spot where your audience is not going to sit there and go, "Oh, this is predictable. I can tell you what's going to happen for the next 6 months." But right. you also don't want to make it so complex that somebody walking in the door, turning on the TV in this case for the first time, has no idea what's going on and doesn't understand. So there is a sweet spot there you have to find, and I'd say that's even more of a sweet spot that you have to find if your audience is millions rather than, you know, a couple of hundred or whatever. Well, I think if you look at the, you know, card for Double or Nothing, you know, like you talk about the interesting storylines. I think that we're already getting a lot right off the bat. I mean, you've got Hangman Page versus Pac. Uh, that's going to be amazing. Then, of course, you've got the story with Jericho and Kenny Omega as the main event. You know, like that's going to be. And, and can we just acknowledge, you know, just I, I, I think Jericho might truly be the GOAT. He is. Jer- Jericho is. So let me just say this right now. Without Jericho, they have no product. And I hate to say that because I, I definitely don't want to step on the toes of people like Pac, people like. Cody Rhodes, people like Kenny Omega, uh, the the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, like people who are absolutely just outstandingly talented. But yes. without Chris Jericho, they have no compelling product. Not right. to say that it it couldn't work, but Jericho brings in your WWE loyalist that WWE either lost or bored to death a long time ago. Right. I I, I agree, and I mean <laughs> Jericho. You know, it, it, it's really funny, like, how all of them are kind of, like, out of character in these, like, uh, you know, Road to Double or Nothing or uh, Being the Elite series and everything like that. And Jericho, like, walks that line of just, like, well, I mean, could he really be an asshole right now? <laughs> I mean, he said today or, or yesterday, he said that there is a war between AEW and WWE right now already. Right. Uh, because... You know, as soon as he jumped ship, that's when you started seeing all these people going, well, I'm going to leave WWE for a little while. And Vince coming in and saying, okay, well, no, I'll give you five times what you're making. You know, there's nowhere right now where you could possibly go and make more money. And now that AEW exists, Vince is has got to be feeling the same thing he was feeling at the beginning of the Monday Night War when people started jumping ship to make these big paydays at WCW. And, and and that's such interesting that like that like we've kind of reverted back to those kind of old days, but we're in this new day and age and everything. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, I, I'm like I, the thing with WWE for me is, is you can tell that they are feeling the pressure like they can say that they're not and they can act like they're not. But you can clearly tell that they are, especially with just some of the booking decisions that you see. It's just like what? Like we right. had this, we had the wild card rule uh, this past. So you know, for those who haven't really been following Raw and everything, they've been doing the superstar shakeup and everything, and that's been going on for about three weeks. And then this past Monday, they put in this uh, rule, and it was almost like an on-the-fly rule. 
it seemed like. And it was, well, three superstars from Raw or from Raw can appear on SmackDown and SmackDown vice versa. And then later on in the night, they changed that to four uh, superstars for some reason. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, what is the point of the brand split? It was like they were booking this stuff in the back during the show. And, and yeah, I absolutely hate this concept of the brand split just being this really malleable concept where it, it's really just whatever they say it is that week. Uh, and, right. and, and it's absurd. And they didn't really specify, like, is this certain people that can jump shows every week? Like, do you have to earn this ability or is it just, you know, whoever it makes sense to come over to SmackDown can come to SmackDown and, you know, my question about WWE is this, you know, they're always catering to their advertisers. They're catering to themselves with the network. They're catering to, uh, you know, different markets. They're catering to Saudi Arabia. They're catering to their cable advertisers. The whole point of this, uh, wild card rule or whatever they came up with off the top of their heads was because reportedly, now I don't know if this is fact, uh, and, and we'll get into that a lot tonight about the difference between fact and opinion. Oh, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, this is this is rumor, so this is not fact. But the rumor is that Fox came to them and said, if you don't get 3 million viewers, then you're in danger of being canceled. And they're not going to get 3 million. But the question is, when are you going to just cater to your fans? When's the last time they really did that? I And, and you know, I've, I've often said that because, you know, Here's the thing. WWE obviously has that that entertainment, you know, mentality and everything like that. And and, and I get that. I, I get that's always been their mentality. But here's always my point that I've always made to, you know, to them and to any other wrestling product. It's like if people wanted to see an entertainment show, then they would go see a Broadway play or they would watch, you know, Game of Thrones or something like that. When they turn on WWE, they want to watch the complete opposite because it is the complete opposite. And then, and it seems like they try to, you know, I guess add in the entertainment value way too much to where the wrestling, it's just like, oh, well, here's a match. Right. I mean, it used to be that once a year they would do this kind of cross entertainment wrestling thing at WrestleMania. You'd have the celebrities come in and now there's a celebrity wing that's getting ever and ever more full in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, they put Kid Rock in it, which, I mean, if I had a ring, I'd return it, right, as soon as that happened. Right. Um, <laughs> like, I don't want to wear this thing. Um, but, yeah, it's, that's <laughs> that's kind of where we're at right now is it's just Vince has always sort of wanted to be something other than wrestling because – Hollywood and like the entertainment industry in general has always kind of turned their noses up at professional wrestling. And Vince has been trying to break through that, I think, for 40 years. And instead of going, this is what we are, this is professional wrestling, and you're going to accept it, what Vince has done is he's tried to just hammer on his product and get it to, you know, get his round peg to fit into their square hole, you know, and it, it just doesn't. It's it's not going to be good for his product in the long run to try to fit it into the standards of what he perceives that Hollywood will find acceptable. Right. Well, you know, let me play devil's 
advocate r- real quick for a minute here because here's a question I have to everyone. For everyone, and and you know I I can't speak for the talent obviously there at WWE, but you know if, if morale is so down or or if everything is so bad there at times like people are saying it is, then why do people keep signing like like re-signing their contracts? Like AJ Styles um, just re-signed his contract. That's obviously a very good point. Um, but, you know, AEW is kind of offering that now. Yeah, I mean, with AEW, uh, and, you know, I was really hoping AJ Styles was going to go over there. Yeah. But, but AJ stayed with WWE, and I think one of the reasons he did that is because he can, he can kind of work the Orton schedule because the whole reason that they took the belt off of him, they were going to still be running with him with the title right now. But they took the belt off of him because he said, I'm not spending enough time at home. I'm yeah. getting older. You know, I'm coming down to the end of my career unless I take a step back. And he wanted to work a lighter schedule. So, uh, you know, I've heard that he's got a lighter schedule for more money. So, mm. you know, with WWE, he can get an RV. He can travel around with his family with him if he wants to. And he can That's go true. from city to city. And he can lay down in his own bed at night after a show. And, you know, according to people like Big Show or Orton, that takes a huge amount of the strain off your body. Uh, and I can imagine because, you know, I used to go travel and, you know, you get out of a wrestling show at one o'clock in the morning and then you drive in a car for three and a half hours. And, you know, being in a car for three and a half hours is already bad enough. But when you just when you went from the ring to the car and sometimes yeah. these guys are doing it, you're driving all night, you know? Yeah. It's it, 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 it's a tough life, and and you know I've often wondered this. Like I don't understand the point of house shows anymore. I just don't because it, you know, no one's really showing up to them. There's nothing surprising at house shows, so I just don't really understand the point of them. I mean, it used to be that you know WWE would come to town, and you'd get to see all your stars and everything. But you know, at this point, I really feel like they they would be better off just partnering with local indie shows in the area to have certain people show up um like they've done with Evolve. Uh right. I went to see Adam Cole at Evolve here in Atlanta not too long ago. Oh, that um, must have been awesome. Yeah, and and uh he was a real down-to-earth guy, you know, he was just hanging out at his merch table like you'd see any of these other other indie guys doing. Um you know, very down-to-earth. So that's really something that they could do is, you know, find the legitimate indie guys in all these areas. There's so many indie shows now uh, and partner up with them, send a couple of guys down there because that's really what people want at a house show is they got their one or two people that they just really want to see. And they go to see those people. Um, You know, I don't, I don't think there's anybody clamoring for more WWE content right now when there's like 40 hours a week of it on television. Yeah, that's a, and that's a big factor, I believe. That's why I think the ratings are down as well because there's too much. Right, it's it's quantity over quality, plain and simple. You know, it, it's actually the problem that WCW uh, ran into. You know, if you listen to what Eric Bischoff said, he said said Thunder was pretty much the death of us because. When they made that second show, we, they already had three hours on Monday night, so it was just like you just oversaturated the talent then. Right, and and WWE is making a lot of the same mistakes now that WCW right. made then. They don't build new stars. Nope. Um, 
if they do build new stars, they don't build them based off of the reaction from the audience. It's this good old boy network behind the scenes. You know, Vincent Mann has said that you're going to be over whether you are or not. Um, and, and they're also keeping a ton of talent under contract for no other reason than to keep them from going anywhere else. And I don't understand that mentality. Like if, if a talent doesn't want to be there, why do you want to keep them? Well, I mean, I think, I don't think it's a matter of not wanting to be there. I think it's a matter of, you know, people are happy to, to sit around and collect a paycheck and not have to do anything. I mean, you know, if I was making six figures to hang out and go travel with the raw crew, I'd probably do it. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't lie. I would do that too. <laughs> I mean, you know, one of these days you're going to see your name on WWE.com, you know, you're going to get future endeavored. But right now, I don't think a lot of that's happening because, you know, they don't want AEW and Ring of Honor and New Japan and all these other places. They don't want them, um, you know, grabbing up all these people that they might possibly let go. So they just let them sit under contract indefinitely. Right. And WCW did the same thing. They had like they had like 50 cruiserweights under contract alone, and they were just hanging out there. Yeah. That's true. A lot of people did that in WCW. <laughs> yeah, the NWA was like 65 people. You think all 65 of those people re- were to match on Nitro? No. Nope. <laughs> no, like, like saw four half of them. Of them. Yeah, they were just there for the wide shot when they got out of the limo, so it looked like there was a big group of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that, like, you could see where, you know, everything went wrong for WCW, but I find it, I just find it so funny that, like, you know, WWE is going to make that big long documentary series that you know the Monday Night War, which was really good, by the way. I mean, I was. I still enjoyed that. But everything that they talk about that WCW did wrong, I'm just like, you're doing the exact same thing now. Yeah, and it makes you wonder how they don't see that, right? I I I I I don't know, but I mean, one of the things that I I think because I I was reading this, one of their stars that seemed to be in the making, uh, and I knew that it was going to get cut short, which was Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky was you know on this huge run and everything. It looked like she was set to be like the next Stone Cold Steve Austin as far as popularity and everything. And here's where it went wrong, in my opinion, because uh, there was a poll that was sent out and it was just like, is WWE, you know, starting to doubt Becky Lynch and everything like that? And I said, well, it's WWE's fault because you didn't do the one matchup that you should have done at WrestleMania. It shouldn't have been a triple threat match. It should have been Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. That was what everyone wanted to see. And you just had to throw Charlotte in there. And when, and the way that Becky won the match and everything like that, it was just, it killed every momentum that you possibly could have had, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I call it zero sum booking. And what that is, is where basically you've got like a pool of talent and you're, you're so scared of making anybody look bad that you value, right? So, the end result is that no one, none of your like upper echelon talent can ever get a clean win over anybody else. You know, TNA used to do this all the time 
with the screw job finish. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would have Jarrett bury everybody, but it would always be some, they would always look incredibly strong the whole match and then it would be some screwball finish. So nobody really wins or loses or, you know, it would be a DQ or, you know, double disqualification or, or whatever. Uh, no contest. Yeah, and that would always, you know, piss me off because it would ruin what would, what would be actually a really good matchup, uh, and everything like that. And to me, the, the thing was, was, you know, the women took center stage, you know, that they, they, they headlined WrestleMania. Great accomplishment for them and everything like that. But my, my whole thing was it, since this was supposed to be the first one to do it, why would it not be a singles matchup? Two two people going at it one on one the way everyone wants it. Because not they absolutely had to have Charlotte Flair in there. That's why. Or at least they believe they do. Because WWE thinks that Charlotte Flair is the next Ric Flair, and that is the joke of the century. Which I mean, here's the thing. Charlotte is good. I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from her. I, I think that she actually is good. She's very athletic. She, you know, she's very good in the ring and everything like that. Um, but I, do I think that she is the next Ric Flair of the women's division? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she is incredibly talented from an athletic standpoint, but she doesn't have any charisma. She, she's just awful on the mic. She doesn't have the charisma. She's, you know, she just, she's been rammed down people's throats already and people hate that i mean ask roman reigns you know <laughs> it, it's it's already a situation where they you know they had her win what was it 50 straight pay-per-views or something like that right and, and it's just you know what are you going to do after that what are you going to do after calling yourself queen of the pay-per-view or whatever she called herself and, and and you go on this long streak where people are sick of seeing you that that's not that didn't happen with Stone Cold or The Rock. Uh, it, it really didn't even happen with like your Bill Goldbergs or your Randy Savages. People weren't tired of seeing these people because they weren't shoved down their throats. They weren't wrestling on TV, you know, 50 plus weeks out of the year and then pay per view every three weeks. And coming out and cutting the same damn promo and everything like, no, Austin never felt, you know, forced down anyone neither did the rock to be honest even though clearly kind of was but well, and back then though you know the promos weren't scripted you didn't have a group of writers sitting in the back writing that's all very stuff. true that's very true and i can't stand that when they keep telling guys what to say word for word it's like but then you don't get like it's like when someone goes to drop a pipe bomb quote quote you know then it's just redundant at that point. Like there right. is no impact on it. Like you remember, like I remember the John Cena and Roman Reigns feud and everything like that. And they were dropping pipe bombs on each other. And I was just like, this is clearly so scripted. It's not even funny. Yeah, it's, it's manufactured. It's, it's purely manufactured. And then you go back and you look at the, the Monday Night Raw segments that they used to do after Raw went off the air with Austin or Jericho or whoever. Triple and H. Triple H, exactly. And those those were amazing. And you think somebody sat down and scripted those? Absolutely no. not. 
that was sometimes the most entertaining part of the whole show. And that's because they were letting these guys be just this larger than life version of themselves. And even WWE will admit that that's a key to the success of Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, these larger than life characters. But they won't use that. They're, they're too afraid to let anybody get out of that formula today. I mean, Vince Russo, you know, I'm the biggest Samoa Joe mark on the planet. But Vince Russo yes. said this about Samoa Joe, and it's absolutely true. You can't find the guy intimidating. When he comes out there and cuts the same promo about how he's going to come to the ring, tear you to pieces, decimate you, nobody's going to remember who you are, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes out there and loses. And then he goes out and cuts the same promo the next week. Yeah, which is basically what he's doing nowadays. Right. I mean, he's amazing on the mic, but not reading the same script just with the different guy's name filled in. I, I think the best run that Joe has ever had in, in wrestling, in my opinion, was, was when he was the ROH champion and he put that, he helped put that title in that company on the map. Um, because that, that was just amazing. That was when everyone really heard about him. And then he got that match with, uh, Kenta Kobashi. Oh my God. One of the most hard hitting, uh, matchups ever. But, uh, let's talk about something though that WWE, uh, well, was doing uh, pretty good, um, and uh, that was I, – I actually found this really interesting – was the Bray Wyatt Firehouse uh, or, fun, or, or Firefly Funhouse, um, you know, being kind of this children's character but yet an evil character at the same time. I actually thought that, that this was kind of brilliant. And it's just like, I don't know if, if, if you'll agree with me on this, James, but to me, Bray Wyatt could be like, could star in his own horror movie. <laughs> Bray Wyatt is one of the most talented guys they have as far as character work. Um, I've seen a couple of interviews that he's done where the, I guess the person interviewing him thought that this was going to be, you know, just a, a shoot type interview and yeah. he was going to, he wasn't going to be in character. And then, uh, <laughs> You know, Bray Wyatt comes in and he's Bray Wyatt, like a hundred percent, you know, and, uh, that was incredible. Uh, if you've seen any of those, uh, he does amazing character work. WWE has no idea how to use the man. I, yes. And, uh, you know, here's what I kind of thought with this new gimmick. Cause, um, I thought about this. I thought if you really kind of want to make this work a little bit, I thought, one of the opponents that he needs to go after is AJ Styles. Because Absolutely. think about it. He could attack AJ on his Christian beliefs, and he could be like, hey, you've got a family. I'm going to influence your children and everything like that. Push the boundaries a little bit. You know, get a little emotion into it. I think that would be great. Yeah, I mean, they need to get a little edgy for sure. Well, it seems like they're going to with this character um, – he finally revealed, though, his secrets, and he came out in what looked like kind of like a Slipknot-type sort of mask. Um, and apparently, uh, it was made it was made um, by a friend of his, um, and uh, his friend made this mask for him. And uh, and so I don't know where they're going with this. My thing with this whole character is. How's this going to translate to the ring? Right. Yeah, I mean, he can't just go out there and do all his Bray Wyatt stuff as the same character. 
Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of like WWE's ideas sometimes run flat because it's like, okay, we have the character idea, but when it gets to the ring, how's it going to translate? Right. And, and I, I think that especially nowadays, they're just, well, they've got a lot of stuff to figure out uh, with that and stuff like that. Well, enough about WWE. I've, I'm uh, glad that James Kitchens is on uh, this particular episode because I've always wanted to ask him this. Uh, I know that you don't follow Ring of Honor uh, kind of like I do and everything like that. But Ring of Honor has been around for a number of years and uh, everything like that. And it seems like they are gaining, you know, they keep gaining a little bit of momentum. Uh, maybe not even momentum, but they keep getting bigger and bigger each year, uh, it seems like. Um, but my question to you is, what do you think they need to do to really turn up the volume, to really get people talking about Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor, for me, the the reason I've never been a huge follower of it is kind of what we talked about earlier. I, I want them to sit down and tell a compelling couple of angles, and I want them to make sense. Um, and I want them to not rely as heavily on doing the – and, and, you know, I don't want to sound like this old school advocate that's like, you know, you kids ruin the super kick and, you know, I want to see some <laughs> headlocks, Randy. You know, that's not that that's definitely not what I'm about. Uh, I, I absolutely love the high spots and things like that. Uh, you know, AJ Styles is one of my favorite wrestlers and that's certainly his style. But oh, yeah. he picks his spots on when to do those things and they make sense and he tells a story. Um, right. You know, him and Cena's matches, and and everybody knows that I am a huge, um, you know, believer that Cena should have never been in the wrestling business in the first place. I <laughs> He bores me to tears, but th- that series of matches was incredible. They Each one of them told a story in and yes. out of the ring, and that's rare these days. You either get a, a somewhat of a story outside the ring, and then the match is just a brawl, um, yeah. or you get maybe a story in the ring, and then outside the ring it doesn't make any sense. Their program made sense all the way through. It was a passing of the torch type thing. Yes. Uh, and it was great. Um, I agree. So that's, that's what I want them to do if they, if they want my attention. As far as what they need to do to get on AEW's level or Impact's level, and it's hard to say that they're below Impact these days, unfortunately. Um, yeah. <laughs> because Impact is, is, let's just be honest, they're fucking up. Uh, but, and they have been for some years, but for me, that's, that's what it would take. Uh, as far as what they had to do to catch up to like AEW, it's hard to say because AEW swooped in and took a bunch of their biggest draws. Yeah. And, you know, AEW just kind of zoomed right past everybody else and said, Hey, we're the new WCW. And I mean, at this moment in time, I think they have more hype, more of a following and more momentum than anybody has since WCW. Oh, absolutely. And, and um, But, you know, Ring of Honor did just sell out in under 20 minutes Madison Square Garden during That's WrestleMania true. weekend. Now, now, now don't, don't get me wrong. That was a joint show, though, right? Yeah, it was. It, it was New with Japan. New Japan and everything right. like that, but still. And, and I think that that cross-promotion will help them tremendously if they continue to do that. Oh, yeah. um, because both of those companies kind of cater to a similar demographic, right? Right. Uh, so I think them working together makes a lot of sense for the two of them. Right. 
Um, well, I, I, and, and yeah, uh, cause I saw Ring of Honor, um, and I've mentioned that on here before a lot of times, but I, like I said, I've seen them, uh, in Atlanta. I saw them at center stage and it was a TV taping. And to me, I mean, that was like one of the best shows that I've been to, uh, that wasn't, you know, WWE, that, that was a big time show like that, that, that wasn't WWE. Um, the crowd was really into everything. Um, and, and I thought, I thought that it was going to be kind of boring because like you said, that, you know, they didn't have Cody, they didn't have the young bucks, they didn't have any of these other guys, but it turned out to be like one of the better shows that I've seen. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just like, like a lot of people, well, I don't know if like a lot of people, but for me personally, it's just the fact of, you know, I get that AEW's got all of this momentum and, and I'm very much looking forward to that and very excited about that. But I'm always one of those people, especially, you know, having the privilege to be behind the scenes and everything like that. I'm one of those people that wants there to be not just, you know, two wrestling promotions, but there to be multiple wrestling promotions so that people have places to work. I agree. Yeah. I mean, AEW. Uh, has definitely created a power vacuum right now. Right. So there's a lot of options, you know, there's a lot of options out there for people to get spots. I don't know about impact so much because I don't know that a lot of their talents really come from there, but for ring of honor for new Japan. So the, there are a lot of uh, spots opening up in those companies because of AEW. I mean, even some in NXT because they've had to accelerate moving people up to the main roster as people leave WWE either for AEW reasons or just retiring or, you know, moving on. And right. so there is a huge void right now, and and there's a lot of upward momentum on the indies. I, I think over the next six months, and we've already kind of seen this happening, but I think over the next six months, a lot of your regional indie guys, you're going to see them moving into Evolve, into Ring of Honor, and so on and so forth, as mm-hmm. some of those guys move up. Yeah. And Ring of Honor, you know, has always prided itself on like developing stars more so than at like developing and creating stars more so than taking stars who have already, you know, been made. You're absolutely like right. That. Uh, Brian Danielson, uh, CM Punk, uh, Nigel McGinnis. Yeah, absolutely. So all of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins, you know, Tyler Black. He, yep. He'd have never gotten that call from WWE if it hadn't been for his time uh, in Ring of Honor. So, right. you know, and, and I, like, like I said, I, I just want Ring of Honor, you know, to still keep succeeding. And like I said, I think that they are succeeding. I just think that I, I guess that they want to go at their own pace uh, or something like that. But lots of stuff going on in the world of pro wrestling, of course, uh, as the, as we, uh, this show is going on, money in the bank is going on. We'll talk about that on next show. And we will also talk about Starcast 2 and the big event, probably what's going to be one of the biggest wrestling events of this year. AEW's Double or Nothing live from Las Vegas. They're going to make history and we're going to cover it all right here on the Stovall wrestling network we're going to be right back though after a word from tmb studios don't go anywhere it's the stovall wrestling network 
Hello everyone, welcome to another exciting edition of Jeffrey Show Live. I'm your host, Jeffrey Taylor. And here we cover indie wrestling, indie music. We go all in South Georgia area and we're trying to expand all across the country. You can follow me on all social media platforms at J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-S-H-O-W-L-I-V-E. That is Jeffrey Show Live. And you can add a .com for the website, you guys. Thank you so much. You are listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network. On TMB Studios. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. I'm Caleb Stovall, along with my very special guest for this evening, James Caleb Kinchins. And we went over what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. But I'm going to warn all sensitive ears right now during this next segment. You might want to turn away if you have sensitive ears because, yeah, let's just say we're not holding back on some opinions uh, and some thoughts that we have that are going on. But before we get to all of that, before, you know, we, we let all of that out, we're going to talk about an awesome show that happened on Saturday night in Augusta, Georgia at the Warren Road Community Center. It was the Garden City Classic. And what man, a show it was. Yes, it was. It was an amazing show, an amazing tournament, uh, an amazing turnout. Very like, how do you feel after the show? Man, you know, I, I definitely have a unique kind of perspective on this because right. this thing's been in the works since October. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's gone through a lot of iterations and a lot, there's been a lot of planning around it. And, you know, there's, you know, this is this is something that you may not know. It, this is the first time I've ever uh, I've been in a wrestling business for about 14 years now. I've been booking shows for nine, and this is the first time I've ever run a tournament style show before. Oh, nice! Um, because I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a huge um, I, I'm not a huge believer in tournaments if there's not a reason for the tournament. But here. You know, I think there was an amazing reason for the tournament, being yeah. that there's an opportunity for somebody to get a, a viral pro wrestling title shot for a brand new VPW title, and mm-hmm. to do it at, at viral pro wrestling's version of WrestleMania at Infection in August at the yeah. anniversary show. Absolutely. So, so yeah, a ticket to the biggest spotlight that VPW can offer you, um, and, and I think that was worth it. And you know, viral usually runs every other month. So this this was a show that was in the middle of two viral ev- events at a brand new venue. Um, and yeah, yeah, and it's an interesting dynamic too, if you think about it, because while there was a lot of planning and and work that that went into this, uh, this is just the beginning of something. Right. Yeah, I I think that I I believe that all parties interested. Uh, and, and, you know, th- this is definitely not an announcement. So, uh, you know, here tonight I'm not speaking on behalf of Viral Pro in any way. Uh, but I think that all parties interested have said, yes, this is something that we would want to do again and continue to do. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if the tournament is for the same thing. I don't know if it's the same format. 
you know, but I think that all parties that were directly involved in planning this and carrying it out uh, were incredibly pleased by how it went and want to do it again next year. Now, I don't know if it'll be same venue or what, but like I said, I just think a lot of people are interested. So, like, once again, not an announcement. Oh, okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, let's go over the tournament, uh, though, real quick. We're not going to go over the whole thing, but I just want to go over a couple of matches. We opened it up with Sean Legacy versus Allen Angels. What a response Sean Legacy got in front of his own hometown. It just shows you, like, how much he is growing as a pro wrestler, does it not? Yeah, I mean, I was really waiting the whole night for to hear Brett Wolverton say, you know, hailing from Augusta, Georgia, because he was the only Augusta native in the tournament. Uh, Drew Adler was originally supposed to be in there as well, um, you know, but uh, as you know, Drew Adler, not the most popular guy with the viral pro wrestling audience right now. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, e- either way, Sean Legacy was going to come in there, I think, with the biggest reaction. And him versus Alan Angels uh, is is actually a rematch from Southern Honor. Uh, from last year, I believe, and that's also, yeah, definitely from last year because that's the match where Sean actually injured his wrist. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this was, this, there was a lot built into this, this one match. It's a Georgia dream match. It's, yeah. it's a, it's the second time these guys have faced each other. And, you know, instead of it being in Alan Angel's backyard, now it's in Sean Legacy's backyard. And Sean Legacy getting injured in their first match, you know, he had a lot to prove. So, there was just a lot built into this already. Yeah, and it was it was quite the matchup uh, to kick off the Garden City Classic. And Sean Legacy advances to the second round. And then we had Owen Knight versus Kevin Ray. And Kevin Ray steals a victory from Owen Knight. And Owen Knight is done. He cannot challenge for the world title as long as Darius Lockhart holds the belt. Is this correct? That's correct. And, and what's crazy about this too, Owen Knight by far is the most popular fan pick to win. Uh, you know, people were sending in suggestions constantly like, Hey, this guy, you know, we believe it's going to be Owen. I want this guy to win, but it's going to be Owen. You know, I, over half said Owen Knight, people that filled out brackets. Um, nobody predicted Kevin Ray pulling this out in the, uh, opening round except a few individuals. And most of those people were very familiar with Kevin Ray's Soda City title run. And uh, actually, Mulliken, I do believe I called that on the pre-show. You did. Heath Mulliken called it too. Because, <laughs> you know, anybody that's, you know, been to PCW uh, and experienced some of that title reign knows that Kevin Ray is the guy to win when you're thinking there's no way he's going to win. Yeah. I mean, longest reigning Soda City champion, first ever Soda City champion, literally defeated a who's who on the independence. Uh, it, it was incredible. But Kevin Ray advances to the second round. We'll go over the first tournament bracket. Then Sean Legacy and Kevin Ray meet up once again. This was the matchup. I said, if this matchup happens, this is the one I'm looking forward to. I know everyone has their, you know, favorites, but man, the chemistry between these two is just outstanding, in my opinion. And there's such a grudge there. Yes, it, there it, is. It, there's, it's so layered. There's so many elements to it because you've got, you've got Kevin Ray, who 
you know, he was holding kind of your mid-card championship at the same time, you know, over in Carolina, at the same time Sean was the outbreak champion. And you've got now Sean with his title still intact in his hometown. Kevin right. Ray doesn't have his. And I know that Kevin Ray would have, would have loved nothing more than to leave the hometown here laying in the middle of the ring. But it, it just – Sean Legacy was unstoppable on this night. Yes, he was, and uh, Kevin Ray fell short in the second round, and Sean Legacy goes to the finals. Then, to the other side of the bracket, you had Saeed Al-Sabah take on Joey Lynch. Oh, man, this matchup was just, yeah. <laughs> that match could main event any show. Yes, it uh, could. That match could main event an NXT TakeOver. Uh, Indie dream match for sure, uh, and it and it delivered, absolutely. Yes, it did. It did, and Joey Lynch pulls it out in the first round, so he's going on to the second round, uh, and then we had the gifted one, Yaya, who was announced right here on the Stovall Wrestling Network as being the first entrant into the Garden City Classic. He took on self to destruct Billy Brash, and yeah. Billy Brash pulls out the victory and goes on to the second round. And Billy Brash just shows, uh, you know, just Billy has come so far, hasn't he, since he since he did that dojo tour uh, for New Japan, has he not? Yeah, he really has. I mean, there was a there was a big shift where you know Billy went from a guy who was doing this on the weekends to being a professional wrestler as his job. Um, you know, he's not a weekend warrior. Uh, and, you know, this is a guy who is out there and he's hungry. Uh, you know, and, and Billy Brash can deliver along with the best of anybody. And this match was hard for a lot of people to call, too, because, uh, you know, it was Billy Brash being the CPWA's Wrestler of the Year last year up against the rising star of the year in Yaya. Yeah. So someone who's incredibly impressive. Yes. And uh, I hope to see, uh, you know, a lot of these guys who are in the tournament. I know they didn't make it far in the tournament, but I hope to see a lot of them back uh, in a viral pro wrestling ring because uh, that's what we like to do. We like to get uh, all of the best for viral, but, the uh, self-to-destruct Billy Brash pulls it out and defeats the gifted one, Yaya. And then so it is Joey Lynch versus self-to-destruct Billy Brash. You talk about another indie dream match. Yeah, uh, that absolutely was. And let me tell you, Joey Lynch looked like a million bucks here. This match yes. was short. And, and it, that shocked a lot of people because Joey Lynch, you know, and this is something that a lot of people might not know about Joey Lynch. Joey Lynch is a tournament master. This man has won more tournaments than most of these guys have been in. Yeah. So he knows going into the second round, if I want to get into the finals, and, and not to mention this was the last, this was match six of the night. So he had one match between this match and the main event. So he knew that he can't go out there and have an all-out war with Billy Brash, of all people, and then still have enough stamina to face Sean Legacy in the main and come yes. out with the victory. So he yes. was all over Brash. I mean, you know, 
he was every time Brash turned around, he was getting kicked in the face or hit with a moonsault or a crossbody or, or you know a forearm or something. You know, just Lynch was all over him. He was he set out to make quick work of him here. Yes, and and he did uh, just that. And, and yeah, uh, very good matchup and everything like that. And for our final, we have Sean Legacy versus Joey Lynch, and we'll get to the winner of that in just a minute. But there was also another matchup that happened that was not part of the tournament, but was for the VPW Tag Team Champions. Uh, anger Management, Jane Johnson and Wade Adams. I can't believe that's a real sentence, but all right. <laughs> I, I don't think it is anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's not definitely. But uh, they took on the Gymnasty Boys. I, good Lord, I love that tag team so much. Oh, me too. Absolutely. And the the viral crowd does too. I mean, the uh, you know, they, they had teased that they were going to be at a couple of different indie shows all over the southeast back in December. And and there was no word whatsoever than being at viral. And they showed up to viral yep. and got that massive, massive reaction. Uh, I'll never. That's one of those nights in wrestling I'll never forget. Yeah, um, and uh, White Mike might be one of the most entertaining people I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I go back to that PWX show. And, and, you know, when I went up to PWX, I was just like, a lot of these guys, I actually don't know who they are. And I didn't know who White Mike was. And the funniest thing I saw was him doing a splash, but there was nobody there. It was, yeah, absolutely hilarious. He, um, he is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, both of them as a team. Timmy Luretton is amazing as well. They're both fantastic singles wrestlers. Yeah. And I think a lot of people thought they would come out on top, especially since it's basically a handicap match against James Johnson because Wade Adams never wanted to be on the team in the first place. No, absolutely not. Well, it started off as a regular tag matchup, but then we had an interruption from some visitors. One of, I'm not going to lie, one of my personal favorite tag teams right now, the International Superstars made their way to VPW Blanco Loco, and Joey Osborne attacked both teams and made or inserted themselves. Joshua Hancock comes out and says, we're not doing that. So it turned into a triple threat tag team uh, matchup. What do you think of the international superstars? Uh, I think that they're incredible. Um, yeah. I think they have a real axe to grind with VPW management. Yeah, it uh, seems like it. And it's going to be interesting to see how that takes place. Um, you know, uh, I think, and, and it's important to note that it's not both, it's not a both scenario. It's all three of them because Ellie is not to be underestimated. Oh, uh, that's very true. That, that is a mistake that will land you in a world of hurt. And White Mike found that out, um, <laughs> himself. And, and let's not forget what happened after the match. With James Johnson, you know, Wade Adams was suspended today. Uh, oh, okay. Over this. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Josh Hancock making a special announcement earlier today to suspend Wade Adams over, you know, his actions uh, after the match with basically trying to take James Johnson out of commission. Yeah, that's exactly what he tried to do. 
But we have brand new VPW Tag Team Champions, the Gym Nasty Boys. So that means all of you who love to see the Gym Nasty Boys at Viral Pro Wrestling, where you're going to see them for quite a while because they're the champs. And they're going to be in the house defending those belts very soon. We will find out who their next opponent is and so on and so forth. Make sure you, you check out the replay of the Garden City Classic on SOS Custom Wrestling Network when it is put up. It'll be put up uh, within the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, they're usually good about getting it out and everything like that. But what an event it was, and it all came down to the finals. It came down to the finals of the Garden City Classic, which was Sean Legacy versus Joey Lynch. And Darius Lockhart, the VPW champion, was in the house. He was on commentary with myself and Lionel Howard. So if you want to hear that, go to SOS Custom Wrestling Network when the Garden City Classic is put up. But it came down to the finals. And what do you know? The hometown boy, the underdog, the rookie, the outbreak champion, pulls it out and wins it all. Your winner of the 2019 Garden City Classic is Sean Legacy. And what a moment it was, my man. What a moment. What a reaction. What a trophy. Yes. Um, you know, this man is arguably on fire right now because, you know, survival, he has to defend viral pro wrestling against PCW. And, you know, he's not the viral pro champion. Darius was, was off, you know, at, at competing in best of the best. You know, he thinks, you know, hey, I'm going to have this heavy lifter in the VPW champion in my corner. He's got Owen Knight, a guy that he doesn't even like. And, you know, they, they come out on top. And now, you know, so he's got a main event win under his belt. Now he's, you know, he's walking out with the Garden City Classic trophy. He's got a title shot at Infection. He's got the Outbreak title, and he's main eventing the 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 event on June 8th that's named after that title, Outbreak. So yes. the man is on a roll. He's the momentum is unbelievable. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's insane uh, what Sean Legacy has been able to accomplish during his time in Viral Pro Wrestling. Came in as a complete unknown. But everyone knows him now uh, with such wins over Wade Adams, you know, to uh, to win the Outbreak Championship. The feud that he had with Kevin Ray, which was just, I mean, that was just astonishing. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, right. And, and you know, who knows? I don't think that feud is, is done uh, by a long shot. But also something that happened at the Garden City Classic was Darius Lockhart was presented with a brand new Viral Pro Wrestling Championship belt. And it was, it, let me tell you, that belt was very beautiful looking. That's the best looking belt in wrestling. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, I will definitely put that up against any WWE belt. That That was, yeah, that belt was beautiful. I got to see it and everything. And Darius wears it proudly. Now, what did you think about this? What did you make of, of Darius coming out there to make the save and present Legacy with the trophy there at the end? 
It's interesting. You know, a, a lot of people can take that as sportsmanship and everything, but you never know. Could there be a hidden agenda there? Could that be playing mind games to say, hey, you might have won this, but you're not going to win what's over my shoulder? Yeah, I mean, th- these two guys, uh, you know, they're they're definitely friends. Um, you know, I think they've got a good relationship going. Well, but, you know, bell rings. Right. You know, once the bell rings, all bets are off. And, you know, it's not Sean's belt on the line. It's not Sean's trophy on the line. It's Darius's brand new championship on the line. Yeah. So, and so Darius I, I being know. just presented that, he's not going to want to give that up. But correct me if I'm wrong, could he not be carrying that? Could it be someone else? Could it be our special guest that's going to be there at Outbreak? Yeah, I mean, he may not even be the viral pro wrestling champion. We're being very presumptuous to assume that this, that, that, you know, he's just going to leap over Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. And I was just about to say it was announced on, it was announced at the Garden City Classic and it's been announced for months now that outbreak June 8th outbreak BPW back in Thompson, Georgia at the Sweetwater Gymnasium, and we will have, that's right, you heard it correctly, Brian Pillman Jr., who is part of wrestling royalty, as he says, and you never know, man, I mean, we say Brian Pillman Jr., but he might not be coming alone. Yeah, he had a who's who with him at the table, and and that was a huge surprise. He got a great reaction. Yes, he did. Well, I wasn't even expecting it. I was just like, oh, well, this just must be an advertisement for him. And then he shows up and issues uh, the challenge to Darius Lockhart. And sitting at the table with him was none other than Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Teddy Hart. Oh, my goodness. Imagine if those guys were to show up at VPW, just the mayhem that could ensue. I mean, Josh Hancock has said that he wants, you know, that that we're going to have title versus title um, at at Infection. But, you know, both of these guys have a really tall hill to climb over if they're going to make it there for that match. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I can't I can't wait for it. Uh, It's going to be amazing. Everyone, please follow Viral Pro Wrestling at Viral Pro Wrestling on Facebook. Also, visit vpw.ticketbud.com to reserve your seats and tickets for future events. And make sure you check out myself hosting the uh, VPW TV show called Toxic on Sunday mornings at 1 a.m. on WFXG Fox 54. A lot of big things happening for Viral Pro Wrestling. But you know... When big things happen for companies, there obviously are people that want to try to tear you down, I guess. See, we were having such a nice conversation. I know. But we had, but we knew that this part was coming. So yeah, let's just get right into it. So VPW did quite big numbers, in my opinion, for their first time out. Uh, at Viral Pro Wrestling. We did about 225, I think, is what I heard from Joshua Hancock, wasn't that? He was either 225 or 275. I mean, I, I definitely didn't take a head count myself, 
Um, I was, you know, I was there, of course. Um, you know, the, there was a number put out by, um, by Redbeard with, uh, wrestling with Redbeard and he estimated 325. He put a report out. Um, that report was forwarded to Georgia Wrestling History. And apparently a couple people got their panties in a wad about the 325 number based on some footage that was shown. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to be real blunt here about all of this. The only issue, and, and you know, first of all, viral doesn't have any need to justify their numbers, right? Right. Here's a spoiler for you. All the pre-sales for viral, I handle all of that myself. Okay. I can go through there and show anybody that really wants to know. I can show them the dollar value just in pre-sales for any of these events. There's never been a show where we haven't done a thousand dollars in pre-sales or more. It's typically more than that. Right. So you've got this guy and I'll go ahead and call him out right here and now because he's a piece of shit and he doesn't belong in this business. Like a lot of people we're going to discuss tonight. His name's Steven Platinum. Now, yep. if you don't know who he is, then you're joining most of the wrestling world. Because before two days ago, I had no fucking clue who this guy was. And that was the first indicator that he isn't shit in wrestling. Yes. The second indicator was that his YouTube channel, where he runs his mouth and talks all this shit for attention, has a grand total of 21 subscribers on it. <laughs> My personal... My personal YouTube that I don't use has 164. <laughs> but, you know, I, I am a man of, of facts and I am a man of research. So I went and I was like, I'm going to find out who this guy is and why he has an axe to grind. First and foremost, he's associated with Georgia wrestling history. And, you know, I'm sure it's probably gotten back to this dude that I'm not a fan of them at all. Listen up to me right now. If you're affiliated with Georgia Wrestling History and you're listening to this interview, I do not give a single solitary fuck what you think about any product that I've ever put on. Because I'm going to tell you right now, before there was Viral Pro Wrestling and Southern Honor, and those are the only guys right now that are running something in Georgia that's worth fucking watching. Before that, there was a little company here called Flatline Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And it was an embarrassment at how badly they were showing up everyone else in the area. You know how many awards from GWH that Flatline was nominated for or won? I'll give you a hint. It was zero. So oh. there's a serious axe to grind with guys in the CSRA from these fucks sitting out here in Cornelia. By the way, I'm not the only one that feels this way. Your awards are a laughing stock of the entire state of Georgia. And by the way, I just want to put this disclaimer out there. This is the only time you're ever going to hear me talk about this because this is, this is clearly an attempt by Mr. Stephen Platinum to get some attention. If you look at the video that where he made these claims that viral didn't even draw a hundred, uh, at the garden city classic, it's the most watched video on his channel by a mile. He has 194 views. And so I went and did some more research, and I found out that this guy used to run Platinum Championship Wrestling. And 194 is apparently the most he's ever drawn in his fucking life. Oh, wow. He's also the man who ran uh, NWA Anarchy into the ground. He took that over and ran that shit show into the ground, too. 
So, you know, I'm so tired having been in Georgia wrestling for 14 years. I am so fucking tired of every guy who's ever stepped foot in the landmark arena for every, any reason, hoping and praying to God that they just get a whiff of one of AJ Styles lingering farts in that building so that they might have a little bit of talent to go off of, thinking that they have some grand opinion that people should listen to. This guy wanted to go in and talk about us padding our numbers. Caleb, you you know me. I am the number one guy that gets pissed off at promotions padding their numbers. Right. Right. Absolutely. 100%. This guy says he has an inside source into the organizers of the event. I guarantee you that if we had him here right now and I said, who are the organizers of the event? He couldn't name them for me. Yeah. I, I guarantee you that he couldn't name his source for me, but guess what? I'm not Batman, but you don't have to be a detective to know that all this information was fed to this dude by Cameron Cade. And Cameron Cade is, if you don't know, is the owner of Bushido. And Bushido is a show that was completely manufactured for the sole reason that Viral Pro Wrestling refused to to uh, book Cameron Cade or to partner with him, which are both things that he's tried to do with us in the past. Up until right now, I've never had any proof to show anybody to say, hey, Bushido is purely there to be an anti-viral organization. But they are. If you look at every email the guy sends out, it has a little tagline at the bottom that he must think is real cute that says, we have the cure. If that's the cure, then the healthcare system in America is worse than I fucking thought. <laughs> because the one thing that Stephen Platinum and Cameron Cade have in common, well, they may have way more in common than this, but they definitely have in common the fact that they can't get anyone to watch them unless they open their mouth about me or a product I'm involved with. So since these guys are both so used to riding my coattails, let me inform you right now that you do have my attention just for tonight, and after today, I'm never going to give you any of that attention that you want ever again. So I hope that one or both of you is listening to this. Well, and, and you know, I I saw the, the video as well, and, you know, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, the guy's clearly drinking on YouTube. Like, you can tell he's drunk as fuck, like. Well, How he must have been he... drunk when he posted the second video, too, because after he posts this first video, and, and you know, I'm not trying to send anybody there to go watch it because he that's what the students he wants. He did a response because this is the most attention he's ever gotten was trying to come after us with this, you know, event assassination. This guy wants to say he's shining a light on the dark places of Georgia wrestling. He's never even fucking been to the CSRA to see one of our shows. I can assure you of that. So he doesn't know what he's talking about. Heath Mulliken said it was laughable. Uh, Several people came out and said it was laughable. Here, Blanco Loco. Yeah, Blanco Loco calls him out. And Blanco doesn't have any reason for doing this. Viral Pro drew well into the 300 mark. Bleacher seats were full. Most seats were filled. Um, Joe Brown, wrestling with Redbeard, all chimed in on this. And then one of the referees that was at the event, Chris Wiggins put out a photo. Uh, Redbeard put out a photo and Chris Wiggins put out a photo, clearly showing 200 plus in the seats. So, like I said, I don't have 
any kind of exact number to give you, but this dude clearly just has an agenda. And even after the photo evidence is put out, he's still maintaining this 100 number. And, you know, Cameron Cade is just sharing this stuff out and trying to act like he's innocent. Let me tell you right now, I know for a fact that Cameron Cade lost one sponsor and at least 10 fans and one of his the performers that come to his show based on the shit that he did yesterday. So, you know, it, I hope it was worth it, buddy. I really do. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's an ugly situation. Um, but you know, that's my pro. Like like you know, some people might ask me, well, well, how do you get to have a podcast talking about wrestling? Well, here's here's the thing. I actually go to the events that I'm talking about. I was there at Viral Pro Wrestling, and I can tell you right now that we have paying fans. They're, they're like like they're not comps. I mean, do we do comps? Yes, but like our fans pay to see this product and everything like that, which is more than I can say for about half of the shows here uh, in Augusta that are run. Um, it, it's just it, it. My thing is though is is what what's the reason for this video? Is 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 I guess you know the the main question like 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 what does this guy have against viral pro wrestling it, it's an attack on viral pro and he was put up to it by cameron cade um okay. that is his quote unquote inside source that he claims to have information from if not then you know he he claims that he has inside information from one of the event organizers i promise you he doesn't if he does if you're listening to this Stephen platinum um, reach out to me, James Caleb Kitchens. I'm not hard to find. And you, you, you give me a list of the uh, people that you think are the event organizers. Cause you probably can't even name them. So, you know, it, he has no inside source. Cause if he talked to anybody that was actually there, they would tell you there was well over a hundred. The event drew very well. Yeah. Um, I can tell you there was well over a hundred because there was 140 presales. Right. 140 pre-sales. Now, I don't know that all 140 of those people showed up, but I really also, I don't care, right? Because, you know, I'd love for you to come out, but if you're going to buy a ticket and then not show up and take a chair, that that's fine too. And the guy also made a comment in his video saying, you know, how are you going to lie and say there were people in the bleachers that elected to take those seats and not the ringside seats? Well, yeah, what, he, what he must not know is that the seat, ringside seats at Viral uh, costs more. General admission is in the bleachers, and then you have to pay additional if you want to sit on the floor at Viral. He clearly doesn't know anything about Viral Pro Wrestling or professional wrestling in general based on the video that I saw here. Yeah, it, I, I mean, based on what I saw, it, it was very laughable. Um, but, you know, when, when you're going to present information um, as facts – um, you know, know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, seriously, that's one of my biggest problems with all of this, quote unquote, wrestling media nowadays or or even the IWC and everything like like you report things like they're facts and you've never been behind the scenes. You don't know what it takes to put together a match. You don't know what it takes to book an event. You don't know how to average, you know, organize all of this shit and everything. You don't know. So, and I mean, you know, I mean, this guy's put together shows, but they all failed. That's why he's not running events anymore. 
Well, that too. <laughs> you know, he's run two separate companies into the ground. Well, I've got two successful companies under my belt, one that I work for now, and the other one closed their doors because we all simply walked away from it and people moved on. Uh, there was there was maybe one in the history of uh, Flatline Pro, there was maybe one show that didn't draw well ever, yeah. and it was up against um, the, Na- um, the Augusta National at the Masters Tournament. Yeah, um, and even the show that we did against WWE drew well. Yeah, we we drew well. We drew over our our usual numbers at that show with WWE not 20 minutes up the road. Yeah, you don't do that. You know, our fans said this is our wrestling. This is what we want to see. And have one of the greatest flatline matches I've ever seen in my life. That tables match between Anthony Henry and Brandon Parker was just oh my god. And and you know I I am somebody who gets very offended by people lying about crowd numbers and ah. Let me let me just say that this ain't gonna be popular with anybody either. Okay, uh, Southern Honor, right? The the SWH 1000 show. Let me just put this out there. I live about 15 to 20 minutes from from Canton. I go to Southern Honor as often as I can get out there because it's an incredible product. Their production, I re, I do the production at Viral. The production right. at Southern Honor blows my production out of the water 99% of the time. It's fantastic. And it's was an recently am- featured on a, uh, Double or Nothing. It's an amazing product. There were not a thousand people in the damn building. It was about 600, 700 max. If you put a thousand in there, it would have been asses to elbows. The parking lot was completely full. I don't think anybody else could have got in there if they wanted to. Right. If they, even if they drew 600, it's still the best draw I've seen in Georgia in forever. So, there's nothing to be ashamed about there. The thing is, if you claim ahead of time, hey, we're going to do a 1,000, you can't possibly save face and come out afterwards and say, well, we didn't do a 1,000. You have to then lie and say you did a 1,000, which is what they did. But let me tell you, I was there. I was in the building, and it wasn't a 1,000. I'm sorry, it just wasn't. It was the best draw in Georgia of 2019, and it's probably double what any viral show in 2019 is going to draw. Right. But it, so it's nothing to be ashamed of. And those guys are fantastic. I think Gary Lamb's fantastic, but it wasn't a thousand. And then we had the other promotion that was mentioned in, uh, in the video, which is PWX. These guys are known, known for bullshitting their numbers. I looked at a picture that John Schuyler sent out, said that there was 500 plus in there. They couldn't mm. even get their damn number straight because Brian Canabroski says later that it's 468. So you got one guy saying 500 plus, one guy saying 468. Can't even get the number right. But you look at that photo, unless it's the same scenario here and there's just a ton of bleachers back behind the camera that nobody can see, which I don't think there are in that building, there's no way they had 468 in those seats. It's not possible. This is the same company that claims all the time that they pack 300 to 350 people into Hebron Hall. If you believe that, get in your car, drive to Charlotte, North Carolina, step into Hebron Hall. You couldn't fit 350 people in their asses to elbows if you had to. The boys have to say, get dressed outside. That place doesn't look like it, you know, holds that much. Yeah, the the talent has to get dressed outside. Because there's not enough room in the venue. 
And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the venue. One of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen was there, and there's nothing wrong with the talent these places are drawing. All this drama and bullshit is between promoters and bookers. Fans don't give a shit about it. Exactly. It doesn't do anything for anyone. But, you know, this is a business where people will say support indie wrestling. If they're not a worker or a legitimate fan, they don't mean it. What they mean is support me. Support my version of indie wrestling because they they only will say they want you to be successful, but they never want you to be as successful as they are. <laughs> That's almost yeah, like like a business uh, mentality and and everything uh, like that. Yeah, it, it, it's a bunch of drama that really just does not need to be going on. I mean, you know, just who cares? You know, for me as a fan, I don't care about numbers that that people draw i care about if those you know what i always say is is a successful show is if it it doesn't matter if you drew 50 or you drew 100 or you drew 500 if 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 the people that are there come back saying hey i want to go back and then they bring more people that's a successful product you damn right and the thing is you know the viral pro inbox and and all the statuses about the Garden City Classic, we're blowing up with fans. You know, we we probably had at least a hundred people there that had never been to a viral show before because it was in a exactly. new city, and people were just blowing up. I mean, you know, we got about forty five extra likes on Facebook for that show, right? Uh, just just night of. That's not including it, people that liked it beforehand, and those people were all saying, "Amazing show! Can't wait to come back." I, I want to come see Brian Pillman Jr. You know, I want to see what's happening with uh, Darius and and Sean Legacy and some of these other angles. People love the Gymnasty Boys, so you know it, it's not a scenario where this was just uh, some foray into a random venue to try to make a buck. No, this was an experiment, and it was an overwhelmingly successful experiment. And I'll say this to any wrestling company: stop with the dick measuring contests. Just, just chill. There's no reason I, I'm not participating in one for any particular reason. I don't, right. I don't drive up. I, I've driven to, um, to PWX with you yes. and bought front row and put money in their pockets because I want to see a damn good wrestling show. Right. I go, I drive out to Southern Honor. I don't consider those guys to be competition. You think there's fans in Thompson that are like, man, you know, I just can't go to viral because Southern Honors on Fridays, and, you know, I, I got to drive all the way out there. That doesn't happen. Nobody's mm-hmm. sitting there traveling two, three hours one way to go to a wrestling show and not going to uh, one that's right up the street that, that has a lot of the same talent on it. You know, it, it's it's just it's this ridiculous dick-measuring contest that we don't need to participate in. and And the people that are participating in it, when when they lose horribly, they're they're apparently very very upset about it. Yeah, that, that that's the way it seems. Real quick, that there was something that that Stephen Platinum guy uh, mentioned. He said that a fan put up the money for this show, and that the fan was pissed about um, that. This, that the show lost money. He said that, he said that Viral Pro, uh, lost money that night. Please put those rumors to bed. 
So I, I'm definitely not going to get into the financial sheet with you. Obviously. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know that's not what you're expecting, and, and nor will I get into it with this guy, but I'll tell you, Viral Pro put money in the bank. Um, Viral Pro made money on that show. Um, how could we not? Because it wasn't a fan, because I think when you say a fan paid for it, uh, I, you know, that, that sounds kind of derogatory. It was a sponsor, and it's not unheard of for wrestling companies to have sponsors. If you're smart, you have sponsors. <laughs> We're always out looking for more sponsors. And, you know, we did a survey of our fans because that's the people that we answer to. We answer to the viral club. We answer to the people that pay money to buy a ticket to come to our shows. And it's very clear this guy's never done that. And I don't want him to. As a matter of fact, if he shows up, he'll be turned away at the door. <laughs> but, All right. you know, before today, I would have invited him open arms to come have a front row seat on me and learn how to run a wrestling show. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and I'll tell you that the show was paid for by a sponsor because we surveyed our fans, and they overwhelmingly said, yes, we want you to come to Augusta. So this wasn't our mandate. This was fans of Viral Pro coming together telling us, we want you to bring a show to Augusta. So, you know, we were kind of on edge about it because, yes, we normally do our shows in Thompson. Augusta is more travel for everybody. Uh, it's more expensive. You've got different regulations there. Venues are more expensive in a larger city. Uh -huh. um, there are extra costs involved. So uh -huh. one of the sponsors says, I really want this to happen. Um, you know, I'll throw in the money to do it. And we never hid that fact. Right then and there, you know, the, the show was presented by Viral Pro Wrestling, the Garden City Grappling Crew. So, so this was never some hidden secret that he had to learn from one of the mysterious powers that be event organizers. It was right there on the damn flyer. Right. So, so no, there's, um, you know, there's nothing to the rumors that we were trying to hide that. There's nothing to the rumors that money was lost. Right. I can tell that money wasn't lost because, uh, you know, a, a lot of the concession stands uh, went very well. A lot of everything else went well. It, it, it was a great night, but, of course, people got to uh, damper it with their comments and everything like that. But you know what? We'll let them do that. We will just, you know, continue to put on a great product and everything like that for the fans. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'll tell you what. Um, it, it's not going to have any impact on me whatsoever, uh, on June 8th, we are going to put on a kick-ass product, which is what we were planning on putting on three days ago. So, you know, it, it's not going to be any skin off my back. And, you know, it, if there's anybody who is a fan of our pro listening to this, this is what I encourage you to do. Tune it out. Come to the shows. We're going to deliver you the best product that we – the same product we've been delivering to you, and it's only going to get better and better. And that's it. I don't owe any kind of explanation or any kind of anything, really, to anybody but those people, to the viral fans that pay every month, every other month to come at, come out and enjoy a show. Those, and, and I've said this to you many times, those are the people that I'm trying to please here. Right. And those it's, are the only people you should please. Right. It, it's not, you know, uh, you know, promoters who have run companies into the ground uh you know the guy's not even a has been he's a never was uh so i don't understand why you know anybody is put any stake in it but i know that there were some 
fans that saw the video and they got pissed and got very defensive about it because Viral Pro is their show. It's their event. Right. Right. Um, and, 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 and that's just the way that it goes. <laughs> right. And, you know, after the photo evidence came out, this guy continued to, to talk about it. You know, he yeah, just doubled he, down he, on the lie. Yeah, he, he felt the need to, you know, re- respond. And, and my thing is, is, if you feel the need to respond like that, well, then you're clearly bullshitting everyone. So, yeah. So, Stephen Platinum, word of advice to you, actually do research, do facts. Why don't you come to a show or something and see for yourself, although you might not be able to now, but, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Actually go to the shows. Actually, you know, instead of sitting and drinking in front of the camera like you clearly were, you know, fucking just do the actual research. Uh, it's all I got to say on that. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I do want to add. I do, do want to add. Like I said, if you're a viral fan, please don't feed into this stuff. Block this guy. Block Stephen Platinum. Block Cameron Cade. There's nothing that you're going to gain from any kind of interaction with those people. Um, you have a lot to lose. So, like I said, um, just block that shit out of your life. And enjoy your life. Enjoy our shows. Um, and it is, an, it is an honor to put them on for you. Yes, and they are amazing shows. Um, seriously, if people are tired of waiting for WWE uh, and everything like that. I'm telling you, I think that the Viral Pro Wrestling product is ten times better than anything that has been on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown combined. And you can quote me on that. But definitely appreciate that. Yes, uh, and I think that we're gonna move on from that because we're gonna go up the road, as they say, about a four hours from here to a place called North Carolina. Oh God, this isn't gonna be any better. <laughs> I know. So if you thought that we were done ranting, then uh, we are not. Um, unfortunately, an incident happened at an RW uh, at an event called RWA Revolution Wrestling Academy, I believe uh, was what it was called, and uh, had a very good uh, roster that was there tonight, such the likes of Falaba uh, from Impact Wrestling. Uh, the Gymnasty Boys were in the house. So were the international superstars, the Dream Girl, Ellie Taylor, Blanco Loco, and um, uh, Joey Osborne, or just the Dream Girl, Ellie. Because I remember at one time she was Ellie Taylor. So, <laughs> but she's just the Dream Girl, Ellie. And uh, then they had a couple of other people uh, that were there as well. But what everyone walked away from talking about this event was an incident that happened uh, during the show when a young professional wrestler by the name of Jacob Ryan, who has been uh, making a little headways in the North Carolina area and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, um, uh, before we go into anything, has he ever been a part of viral pro wrestling? He is not. I've never had the pleasure of booking Jacob Ryan. He's one of those people that has kind of always been, um, you know, I knew who he was, and I think I may have met him at a show or two and shook his hand, you know, whatever. But, you know, we weren't close or anything like that. I, I don't really I, – I wouldn't say that I know Jacob Ryan. Okay. Um, okay. Well, 
um, he was scheduled to be booked in this matchup uh, by this guy by the name of Brad Anderson. Oh, that just sent chills down my spine in a bad way when I named that. Anyways, so uh, this all started when I read a post from, lo and behold, you, <laughs> and it was on Facebook. Uh, and, and you posted about this incident and then you sent me the video and I'm not lying to you. I was sitting here, uh, in my chair, um, and, and I was watching, um, I think I was watching like one of the Avengers movie actually. And, uh, you sent me this video and what I saw just completely infuriated. It disgusted me, uh, that, that this would ever be allowed to happen. For those of you who haven't seen the video, it's been making its way. It's been making uh, a viral presence. Uh, no pun intended from VPW, <laughs> but, um, yeah, this video went viral and it is because Brad Anderson decided to shoot on this young man, decided to actually attack this young man during this pro wrestling matchup. And yeah, um, well, I'm just going to let you go ahead real quick, man. Okay. Look, this is sicker than anything we just talked about. Okay. Yes. Um, Stephen Platt and his mouth. Camera cape being a piece of shit. Like ah, th- those things I can accept. Okay. People, people talking and, and running their mouth and trying to talk shit and having an ego. I, I've, I've participated in it a few times in my life for sure. It's nowhere near on the level of what this is. And what this is, this is a violation of the sacred trust of professional wrestling because it's not just that they talked about one thing and something else happened and, and, and this was, this was a, a shoot that only one of the two people was participating in, a willing participant in. This is outright cowardly for one, because yes. you're attacking a guy that's smaller than you, sneak attacking him, just surprise attacking him, ambushing him in front of a audience of people that was filled with kids. And he thinks that he's about to have a professional wrestling match. This would have already been one of the sickest things I had seen. And this was not this, you know, there's a long history in this business of receipts and and stiff working. This was not those things, okay? No. He could have killed this man. He yes. attacked this guy viciously. This was aggravated assault. Yes. The 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 thing that 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 really infuriated me and and it's one of the reasons I I literally cannot watch the video again because it's so disturbing. Was was the DDT? I mean, he literally picked him up and drove his head into the floor. That was not it did not have any padding. It was literally a gym floor, and he drove his fucking head into the goddamn floor. And I'm just sitting there, and and Jacob Ryan, you can hear him on the video. He is screaming. He is gurgling help somebody help me like this guy is attacking me you hear um fucking fans 
in the video and they're like, hey, ref, this is not part of the show. We can clearly see it. Help him. And no one does a goddamn thing except for the boys. And thank God White Mike was there and that stupid ass motherfucker told him that, oh, man, this is fixing to be a shoot. Oh, yeah, this fixed me a shoot. Because if White Mike had not been there and, and he had not grabbed the boys like he did, what, you know, he said it in his video. What are we talking about today? What could be the headline today? Yeah, I mean, so let's just let's just go through the layers of failure here, right? Okay, first of all, you don't shoot on your opponent. Um, you know, like I said, stiff, working stiff, giving a receipt, whatever. That's part of everybody does that there. You know, there are people in this business that, you know, like Triple H even said it best. He's like he's like he's like you never hit your hit anyone harder in this business than your friends. Like he's like Shawn Michaels. I would never hit anyone harder. Like. Right. And and, and that's that's the trust that you have with someone. But and I'll let you continue. Yeah, I mean, you number one, you don't do this. This was a this was a deliberate attempt to cause harm to your opponent. Your opponent is supposed to be there as somebody that you're both looking out for the other person to be safe. Yes, that's your number one objective here is to walk out of this thing with everybody intact, everybody safe, everybody to go on about their lives afterwards. Okay. So monumental failure as a professional wrestler, you know, we're not even going to call Brad Anderson that ever again. Number one. And he has the nerve to, to, to claim the Anderson name, the, the good name of Arn Anderson, you know, Ole Anderson, Gene Anderson, like, and, and you have the nerve to fucking get the fuck out of here. Exactly. And, and, you know, it it goes even deeper than that because you've also got the referee, okay? And there was a couple people that were like, you know, even even on White Mike's post, I guess White Mike's worked with this guy before. He's like, you know, I was a little bit tough on you. I came on that post and I said, you know, man, I got to disagree with you there. You know, correct me if I'm wrong because, you know, when it comes to being in the ring, uh, White Mike's got a lot of years on me as far as experience goes in the ring. I haven't been in a match in forever. Uh, and never on the level he's at, right? Right. I said, correct me if I'm wrong, man. I got to disagree with you here. The number one job of that referee is to make sure everybody comes home safe. He His number one job is to ensure the safety of the competitors in a wrestling match. This referee <laughs> failed at every level to make sure that that happened. He was yes. in on it. If he wasn't in on it, then he's terrible at his job. So there's there's no... There's, so either you were in on it and you should never work again, or you can't be trusted with the safety of those competitors and you should never work again. There's no scenario where that referee should ever be able to officiate another match. And if this was a state where we had licenses, I can guarantee you, or well, where they had licenses, I can guarantee you that that would be the case, that his license would have been revoked over that. Yeah, I, I agree because, uh, he did nothing. I mean, all he did was count and the guy is clearly stomping away at Jacob. And, you know, Jacob is fearing for his life and, and everything like that. But I want to go back 
to uh, 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 another person in this because we say that that this you know is is quite possibly a setup and and all contrary to the evidence that that seems to be what it is is that um this was a setup and here's how it looks like it was a setup um this guy uh Brad Anderson has not been in the ring in 22 years he has not had a booking in over 22 years and has a criminal record of drug charges um abuse and all this other bullshit on his records then on top of that his son who apparently is involved in this angle that jacob is working and everything breaks his wrist it was a botch spot by his son it had nothing to do with jacob I think it was I think it was ribs actually is what I heard. Was it ribs? I thought it yeah. was ribs. Uh, from what I understand, it's actually uh, um, it's actually uh, he broke a couple of ribs. Now there's a couple of different reports, so I've I've heard both that the kid was over exaggerating it and 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 claiming that he broke you know some ribs and didn't go to the hospital. I've also heard that. They ended the training session. They got in the car, and he said, man, I'm hurt. You know, I'm still hurting really bad. They went to the hospital and found that he had broken ribs. It's irrelevant because this guy handled it in the worst possible way that he could have. Absolutely, and, and and that's what I was getting to. What, you know, whatever the situation was, was was basically uh, a son went crying to daddy is what happened, and daddy took it the wrong way, I guess. And apparently there was a promo that was cut that Jacob Ryan called him a jobber and everything like that, which is actually facts because that's all you ever were. But, you know, what, whatever. But, you know, those are promos. We're, we're supposed to talk shit about each other. That's when we get to have fun, you know, like, like, like that's when you get to have fun. You get to be creative and everything like that. And then, you know, you, you go, so, so like, you cut a promo on someone, right? You, you bash them and shit like that. You talk all this shit. And then, and then you send it to that guy. And then that guy responds and just goes, all right, watch this one. And then he cuts a promo. And then you're set up for a badass matchup and everything like that. But that's apparently not how this guy took it. And he, he immediately went for Jacob as, as the bell rang. But. What I want to go back to again is what White Mike said in the video, because Julian Strauss, the owner, uh, did I say that right? Julian Strauss. Uh, I, I guess I, I honestly don't personally know anybody that's involved in this situation. I spoke to Julian. I, I heard from two different people before White Mike's video that said Julian knew about it. One of them said Julian admitted to me that they knew about it. Now I don't know oh, okay. Julie. Apparently he's not he's just the promoter. There's also a a booker there. I'm not sure what his name is, but he apparently was not even present in the building. And for yep. the people that I've talked to about the situation, they said that he didn't um you know that he probably did not know anything about it that it would have been out of character for him. This Julian guy is apparently known as a shock value kind of by the seat of his pants, you know, booker. Always wanted to have some kind of clip that went viral. Well, he got it, and it cost him his entire promotion. Yeah, uh, he, he did. He messaged me after I got these two reports from people that said he knew about it, and I said, look, man, 
I can't imagine ever doing anything like that to any of our any of our talent, you know. And he he swore up and down to me. He said I didn't know, you know. He said this Brad dude is a lunatic. I would never allow him to be hurt. I've always, you know, had had my talents back, whatever. And and that goes right back to what White Mike said. If this guy had pulled this dude's spine apart, which is what he was trying to do. Yeah, he was. Are you going to tell Jacob's family the next day, well, you know, I just thought he was going to rough him up a little bit. He was in my care on my show, and I allowed uh, this to happen to him. But, you know, I'll, I'll pay his funeral costs. Yeah. Know? Is yeah, that what you're going to say? Yeah, which is just the most bullshit thing ever. And here's where I where I think everyone, though, calls the most bullshit on him. Which was which was when he basically tried to sweep this all under the rug from on a Facebook post that he posted not only on his personal Facebook account, but also posted on the Revolution uh, Wrestling Academy uh, Facebook RWA. Um, He posted, you know, saying there was this little incident and everything like that, which I was just like, oh, a little incident. Oh, okay, But uh, yeah. He, he, he was talking about that, and he mentioned something in there. Uh, he was basically saying, we knew that the two had beef, but you settle that kind of stuff. And, and right there, it's like, if you knew that they had beef, and this guy hasn't been booked in 22 years, why the fuck are you putting him in the ring right now? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If, if, if you got two people that are consummate professionals that are out there wrestling every single weekend on the same shows and they have right. beef, you put them in the ring together, sure, that wasn't the case here. And right. the thing is, Julian knew, and he let this go on. And that, to me, I almost put him more at fault than the other two people, than the referee and Brad, because, man, when you put on a show – these guys are in your hands. You're responsible for them. Right. And for you to knowingly put this guy in harm's way, there's no way that any worker should ever want to work for you ever again. Same with that referee. If you're working a match and that referee's assigned to it, I wouldn't be able to focus on my match because I know the whole time I'd be thinking, God, I hope I don't get hurt out here. Right. Is this referee going to make sure I get the care that I need if something bad goes wrong? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and do accidents happen in this business? Absolutely. We all know this. Do people get stiff with each other? Absolutely, they do. And, you know, we've had some of like like people don't realize some of the the personal rivalries that there are in wrestling. I think one of the biggest examples that that we could think of is Tolly Blanchard versus Magnum T.A., Remember when when they had their epic feud uh, in in the NWA, you know, Tolly was legit pissed at at Magnum T.A. because, uh, you know, he married his ex-wife. He's in a relationship with his ex-wife. That's why Tessa Blanchard has two dads and stuff like that. So, you know, but... They were able to put all of that aside, and they were like, you know what? We're going to take some shots at each other, but we're going to go home at the end of the day. I'm not going to drop you on your head willingly. 
I'm not going to try to pull your spinal, like out, like pull your spinal cord out of place and everything like that. I'm not going to legit injure you. Are we going to take some shots at each other? And are we going to have fun with this? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we've got to go home. We've got to feed our families. We've got to, you know, live lives. And right. yeah, for, for them to, you know, totally Blanchard, Edge and Matt Hardy, you know, that personal feud. Kevin Sullivan and, and uh, Chris Benoit, although that actually. That, <laughs> that may have ended that. up in a very bad situation. Yeah, that actually did. But. You know, I mean, even at the time, those two did business, you know, so that's that's the difference between a consummate professional uh, and then just a, a complete scumbag, uh, just a complete shithead. I mean, I, I just when when I saw it, you know, Brad Anderson, I, what I really don't think what they realized is is you might as well have flown the plane into the Twin Towers. Because that's what you did. You woke up everyone in the wrestling world because it's like, look, you know, even though this was just an independent show that, you know, doesn't draw a lot of people or anything. It doesn't draw a lot of attention. You broke the number one rule in wrestling. Right. And that's just something that you don't get away with. You don't get to sweep it under the rug like that. Yep. And I, I told Julian when I talked to him, you know, I said, look. You know, he after he lied to me and said he didn't know. After I watched the White Mike video, you know, I it, for White Mike to be publicly calling this dude out on this live, um, I, I trust him. Along with the other two sources that had told me this dude knew, I messaged him. I said, "Look, I'm not buying it, man." I said, "I've had White Mike and two other people tell me that you knew." I said, "Retire from running wrestling shows today." Yeah, and thankfully he did. RWA has ceased operations. And they should good riddance because there is no room. You know, we we talked earlier tonight about a lot of people talking a lot of shit. They had no business talking. But there is absolutely no room in this industry for anybody who would plan this, carry this out, or help it be carried out. And anybody else on the staff there that knew, they should never work anywhere else in the wrestling business either. I, I, I agree 110%. There's no place uh, in this business for it. And so, Brad Anderson, go and fuck yourself straight to hell. Uh, Julian Strauss, go down there with him if you had any knowledge about this whatsoever, which I believe you did. Um, you know, w- w- we could give him somewhat the benefit of the doubt in, the, in what White Mike said. Like, like he might not have known that it was going to be that kind of shoot or anything like that. But still, when when the guy grabbed the mic and cut the goddamn promo, you could literally see it going downhill from there. It, it, it was plain as day that there was just something not right about what was about to transpire. And then, of course, what transpired was awful and everything like that. But from a terrible situation comes a very positive outcome for one Jacob Ryan because look at the bookings he is getting because of this yeah and and you know um I'm definitely on board with that entire thing uh I had a couple people reach out to me that said hey you need to get Jacob Ryan on a viral show um (laughs) if so if something comes open 
that's definitely something I'll be reaching out to him about. Um, like I said, I don't, I, before this, I really didn't know Jacob. Uh, I, uh, reached out to him just to show my support. We had each other on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to buy one of his new shirts he just came out with because I really like what the guy stands for. And, you know, if, if a slot comes open, you know, we book viral out really far. Um, very far. Like, uh, I think we're booked out through probably end of October right now. Uh, and, you know, so it's not a situation where I could just magically make a spot up here, but it's definitely something we're looking into because the guy deserves to work in quality places. And apparently our fucking WA wasn't it. No, um, uh, it absolutely wasn't. And kudos, uh, to white Mike, Timmy Lou Retton, Blanco Loco, Joey Osborne. Um, and I also got to say kudos to James Johnson and Chance Riser, who were there reportedly as well. As uh, and Cooper. the international superstars. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was what I was saying. Like, like the entire international superstars group. Um, thank you for saving that kid's life. Because if, 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 if you hadn't have been there, you know, it, 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 it's, it's just so scary to think about that if certain events didn't happen, if White Mike hadn't have gone up to the, you know, front of that and asked, hey, what's going on here? Oh, it's about to be a shoot, brother. Um, you know, if he hadn't have heard that, I, I don't know what we would have, what we would be talking about right now. Um, but like we said, out of the darkness comes the light. And Jacob Ryan is getting a bunch of bookings. Um, you know, obviously, I think we wish that it could be under, you know, better circumstances. But the kid looks great. Um, I even liked the way his voice sounded and everything like that. Um, he, he looks like he's going to be a hard worker and everything like that. And all of these quality uh, wrestling promotions have reached out to him. And have booked him and everything like that. So, so good, uh, so good for you, Jacob. We hope that you are doing, uh, great man. Uh, all the love and support. Remember, uh, you know, and, and you said it best, uh, in the video, my man. You said, uh, that, that you knew that wrestling was a true brotherhood. Well, brother, it is. That's what we do. We look out for our brothers and sisters in the ring because without them, there is no wrestling business. There is no, you know, promoting and everything like that. So, yeah, look out for the boys and girls because who will? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I'm I'm so glad that there's this huge outpouring of support for him because the guy really deserves it. Nobody deserves to be put in that situation. I don't care if you're uh, a WWE main eventer. Or if you're some yard guy that lucked up and ended up in a parking lot somewhere, do, you know, doing a show in front of 10 people. If you step into that wrestling ring, you deserve the respect that this business has always implied. And yeah. you deserve to be looked after. You deserve to be safe. I, I don't care if you're the worst damn performer in the world. You deserve to leave that ring safe. Everybody and does. Exactly. That's, that, that's what it's all about. And they broke the number one rule, but the ones that, that did break that rule, they are paying for it. And Jacob Ryan, uh, is succeeding from it. So kudos to you, Jacob. 
good luck to you in all of your bookings and stuff like that. I'm sure we might see him in Georgia uh, really, really soon. Hopefully. Yeah, I definitely hope so. But I believe that is all the time we have for you this week here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Uh, I would like to thank my good friend James Kitchens for joining me here this evening to talk pro wrestling. We don't get to usually do this a lot, so this was actually a, a, a great trip down memory lane, wouldn't you say? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'm. I, we're both incredibly busy guys, so, you know... You guys might listen to this and think we get to sit around and do this in our personal lives, but we, this was kind of on the fly and we really don't ever get to do this. So it yeah. was an honor being on the program. Uh, I, you know, I hope to be back on soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, uh, we're going to follow what's going on in viral pro wrestling and all of that. We'll also follow what's going on on the local independent scene as well. And as well, when, and of course, we are getting closer and closer. In fact, it's next week, the biggest event of 2019. Well, it, it'll be one of the biggest events of 2019. AEW Double or Nothing. They just signed a deal with the Turner Network. What what things are going to happen in the world of pro wrestling? What things are going to happen? I can't wait. Be sure to follow, though, all of them, AEW, WWE, ROH, New Japan Pro Wrestling, PWX, Viral Pro Wrestling, and any wrestling promotion that you find, whether it be in your hometown or anywhere else, go out and support it. How we make money in this business, people. But that is it for the Stovall Wrestling Network tonight. My name is Caleb Stovall, and for my good friend, James Kitchens, have a good night, everyone. Thanks, everyone.